Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Genesis chapter 3 talks about how Adam and Eve sinned, did not repent, covered themselves with fig leaves and aprons, and in verse 21, God said, that's not good enough. So in 3 and 21, he said, unto Adam also and to his wife Eve, did the Lord make coats of skins and clothe them. There's no way around this. He killed innocent animals, took their hides, and clothed Adam and Eve. This was the beginning of the entire Old Testament sacrifices that will go throughout the entire books of the Old Testament. The predominant animal that will be sacrificed will be innocent lambs without blemish. No doubt this instruction was given to their two sons, Cain and Abel, and in the fourth chapter it says that in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but to Cain and his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said to Cain, Why are you wroth? Why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, shall you not be accepted? If you do not well, then sin lies at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. The voice of your brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And today I want to preach to you on this subject. The blood still has a voice. The blood still has a voice. God bless you. You may be seated. No doubt these two boys were taught that in the process of time you will make a blood sacrifice. But Cain thought, I have another plan of salvation. I'm a farmer and I'll bring my crops and you can take it or leave it. I don't care. How dare you, Cain? How dare you bring a sacrifice from a cursed ground? God put a curse on the ground. And now you bring your sacrifice from a cursed ground rather than bartering with your brother and getting what is required for the sacrifice? Why are you upset that I reject your sacrifice? You know what is required of you. There is no dry cleaning salvation. It does not exist. It is not in the Bible. 
You don't get to make the rules. You don't set the standard. Dry cleaning didn't work. And then to top it off, God said, and because you did this, guess what? I have a new ruler. Just as with Adam and Eve when they sinned, God gave a ruler and he said, Adam, now you'll be the ruler. And now with Cain and Abel, after Cain fails to make the proper sacrifice, God said, all right, Abel, now you'll rule over your brother. And he didn't want to hear that. So he said, well, I'll fix that. I'll kill my brother. And God comes back to Cain and, or, or to Cain and asks him questions the same way he did with Adam and Eve that he already knows all the answers to. But this smart aleck attitude of Cain, this rebellious attitude, am I my brother's keeper? Am I supposed to be watching him? Is it my responsibility? And God said, listen, buddy, I hear your brother's blood. Crieth, it has E-T-H on the end of it. Any word that has E-T-H on the end of it in the Bible means continues to progress in. You can mark that down. So he's not just saying, I've heard the cry. I continue to hear the cry of your brother's blood, innocent blood, from the ground. Innocent blood. Now we know that life is in the blood. Genesis 9, 4 through 6. But flesh with the life thereof, which is the blood thereof, shall you not eat. You don't eat anything with blood on it. That's what he warned them. Surely your blood of your lives will I require at the hand of every beast I will require at the hand of man, at the hand of every man's brother will I require the life of man. For whosoever sheds a man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. For in the image of God made he a man. Life is in the blood. What makes your body go, what keeps it functioning, is the blood, it is the oil of your engine. Life is in the blood. That's why God required a living sacrifice. Hebrews 9 and 22, almost all things are by the law purged with blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Shedding of blood. Verse 28, Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many and unto them that look for him a second time he shall appear unto salvation without sin unto salvation. Now let me give you a Old Testament prophecy of a New Testament event. Exodus chapter 12. Israel has been in bondage to Egypt for 400 years. But the 10th plague that he's going to pour out on the Egyptians is that he's going to send a death angel. And the firstborn in that house is going to die. And he gives instructions before he brings this event to pass. Exodus 12 and three, speak to the congregation of Israel saying, in the 10th day of this month, they shall take unto them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb 
for a house. If the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take according to the number of souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Description of your lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. You will keep it until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door of the houses wherein you shall eat it. Verse 12, for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute my judgment. I am the Lord and the blood The blood shall be a token for you upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague will not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. He gives them the plan of salvation. Here's my plan of salvation. There must be a blood sacrifice applied to your house. And if I see the blood on your doorpost or on your side posts, I will pass over. But where I don't see any blood, I'm going to kill the firstborn. This is my plan of salvation. Can you envision it? A dark night with people screaming and crying when they recognize that there are dead people in their house, that their eldest is dead. And the Bible says in all of Egypt, there was not one house where at least one was not dead. Everywhere in Egypt, it happened. But when that death angel came to Israel, and it came to Israel just like it came to Egypt, somebody said amen. Amen. But when that angel came to Israel, and looked for the blood. It saw the blood on the doorpost and on the lintels. But this is Brother Kylie. I believe it also heard a voice. I believe there was the voice of blood. When that angel came, the voice of blood spoke up and said, pass over this house, there's blood on it. The voice of blood spoke on their behalf, pass over. This house, there's blood on it because the blood still has a voice. It still weighs in on every matter. It still has something to say and it can speak on your behalf or there can be no sound at all in your defense. Listen to what John the Baptist said of Jesus when he first met him in John 1 and 29. He saw Jesus coming unto him and he said, behold, here comes the lamb of God, which will take away the sin of the world. And in verse 36, he said it again, behold, 
the Lamb of God? Are you making the connection from the Old Testament to the New Testament? Are you understanding that it had to be a lamb that had to be killed and it had to be a lamb without blemish? And if the blood was, was put on your house, and this is a temple, this is a house, folks. This is a house for your soul right now. It's, it's temporary, but it is a house. And this is your doorpost. It all starts here. The mind is the battlefield of the soul. And that's why it's so important to clap your hands and to lift your hands and shout on it. Those are your side posts. He needs to see the side posts. He needs to see the doorpost. And he needs to see them covered with blood. Covered with blood. First Peter chapter one and verse 18, for as much as you know, you were not redeemed with corruptible things as gold and silver in your vain conversation by the tradition of your fathers, but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot who thoroughly was foreordained before the foundation of the world but was manifest in these last times for you. Innocent blood is still crying out to God. Revelations chapter six and verse 10 reads this way. They cried in a loud voice unto the Lord and this is what they said. How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? How long are you gonna let this go on? You can take a look at the days that we're living in and ask the same question of God. How long will you let them get away with this? How long can this immorality, this behavior of killing one another, of stealing, how long are you gonna let this go on, God? How long are you gonna let them hurt your people? It's the voice of blood and he hears it every day. He hears it every day. 1973, Roe versus Wade. 48 years ago, America legalized abortion. It is estimated that since that time throughout the world, 50 million babies have been aborted and every one of them has a voice. And every one of them cries out for justice. Sure you wanna be God? Sure you wanna hear 50 million aborted babies crying out for justice? 50 million. Listen to what he said. This is, I'm just gonna take one verse here from Matthew 18, the sixth. Whosoever shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. A millstone is 100 pounds. This is how he feels about children. This is how he feels about abortion. And the voices continue to cry because the blood still has a voice. 
Matthew chapter 27. Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver back to the chief priests and the elders, saying, I have sinned. I have betrayed, watch how he says it, the innocent blood. Take the money back. And they said, what's that to us? You see to that. He cast down the 30 pieces of silver in the temple. He departed. He went out and he hanged himself. You want to know why? Because he kept hearing the voice of blood. What have you done? What did he ever do for you to betray him? All the good that he did for the world and you're the one that betrayed him? The voice of blood was speaking against Judas and it became so loud that eventually he even went and hanged himself. The chief priest took the pieces of silver and said it's not lawful for us to put him into the treasury because it is the price of blood. And they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Wherefore that field was called the field of blood. You don't have any family. You don't have any relation. You don't have anybody that cares about you. There's nobody to give you a funeral. Well, we'll bury you out here in this potter's field or what we now call the field of blood for strangers. Well, how did you purchase that field? Blood money. Blood money purchased the field. Or how about Pilate? Pilate in Matthew 27 and 22. What shall I do to Jesus, which is called the Christ? And they said, well, let him be crucified. And the governor said, why? What evil has he done? I can't find any fault in him, he said. This is the only case in history where a person was found innocent and punished. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing but that a rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude saying, I'm innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. Listen to the answer. This is a costly, costly answer of the Jews. Then answered all the people, his blood be on us and on our children. If what we're doing is wrong, then we pray a curse on ourselves and on our children. And six million Jews died at the Holocaust alone because the blood still has a voice. It still speaks. And the blood remembers while God does not. It has that power. America, 
I pray, still hears the blood of its fallen. I pray you have a respect for those that protect us. Our military, our police force, our fire departments. I pray you have a respect for them. I encourage you, if you run into a soldier in an airport or in a restaurant somewhere, thank them for their service. Buy their lunch or buy their breakfast. Tell them you appreciate them. Listen to the cost. We sang a song about freedom. Listen to the cost of freedom in blood. The Revolutionary War, 4,335. The War of 1812, 2260. The Indian War, 1,000. The Mexican War, 13,283 lives lost. The Civil War, 623,000. The Spanish-American War, 2246. World War I, 116,516. World War II, 405,399. Korea, 54,246. Vietnam, 90,220. The Persian Gulf, 1,565. The war on terrorism, which is still continuing, including Afghanistan, 6,852. For a total of approximately 1.2 million lives that have been lost to purchase and protect our freedoms from the military alone. Half of them lost in the Civil War alone. That's the cost of freedom. And Jesus paid the ransom. He paid the ransom. Luke chapter 22, verse 44. Let me show you where the greatest war takes place. It takes place in the garden. In the garden in Luke 22 and 44, it says, and he being in agony prayed more earnestly and he sweat as it was great drops of blood falling down on the ground. Doctors call this hemoditrosis. It is extremely rare, but if a person is under enough stress, fear, and anxiety, the blood can actually come through the pores with the perspiration, and it can be mingled together so that the person is not only perspiring, but has the appearance of bleeding on themselves. So when they found Jesus, they found him with blood all over himself because of the pressure that was placed on his life. But here's the beginning of the mingling of blood and water. It's together. It's no longer segregated. It's together. Take a look also at 
the cross. John chapter 19. Verse, I'm just gonna read verse 34. John 19, 34. One of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side and forthwith came there out, here it is again, blood and water together. And in this case, physicians say that the stress of a broken heart can cause a person to have this event take place in their life. Again, the blood and the water are mingled together. Peter was given the keys to the kingdom of heaven. He was the one that would introduce the plan of salvation from the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. He announced in verse 36 of Acts chapter two that all the house of Israel should know assuredly that God had made that same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. And when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and they said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? The blood was speaking along with the messenger, Peter, and they were pricked in their hearts because the blood still had a voice. And it was speaking through Peter. And they said, what are we gonna do? And Peter said unto them, you need to repent. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name. You need to have the blood and the water mingled together. In the waters of baptism, that's the only way that your sins can be remitted. It won't, it won't work with, well, I'll, I'll believe in Jesus or I'll accept the Lord as my personal savior. No, there has to be a mingling of the blood and of the water. That's the only thing that'll take away your sins. No other plan will work. No other plan will work. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children. There it is. You talk about we had a generational curse. Now we have a generational promise for the promises unto you and your children and those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The blood is still speaking to you today. It's still speaking. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor the thieves, or the covenants, or the drunkards, or the revilers, or the extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But the blood is now speaking on your behalf. But you are washed. But you are sanctified. But you are justified by the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God because the blood is now speaking on your behalf. It's not speaking against you, it's speaking for you. (sighs) 
Revelations chapter 12, and I'm, I'm coming to a close here. The great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world, got them all fooled. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. I heard a loud voice, listen, a voice, hear that? Now has come salvation and strength, the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before God day and night. But they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony and they loved not their lives unto death. Every day, Satan stands before God and points out every one of your faults to God about you. He is an accuser of the brethren. He'll even get the brethren to accuse the brethren. Oh, I better not go there, huh? He's accusing the brethren. Hey, did you see what he just said? Jesus, did you see what he just did? Let me tell you why you can't have a person like that be a part of the bride of Christ. And he rambles until all of a sudden somebody steps forward and says, hold it. I have something I would like to say. And such were some of you. But he's washed. But he's sanctified. But he's justified. Because when he messes up, what does he do? He gets on his knees and he confesses his sin and forsakes it. Let me read this to you. If we confess, this is 1 John 1 and 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The blood speaks up against the accuser of the brethren and shuts him off. Because the blood still has a voice. Take a look at the brazen altar in the temple and what do you see? At that altar you see sacrifice and blood being shed over a grill and underneath that grill a drip pan that catches all the blood. When the sacrifice is completed, the priest moves on to the next article and it is a brazen laver. He sees his reflection in it. He's covered with blood and with hair and knows that he has to be cleansed before he can proceed. And you wonder what happened to the drip pan that caught all of the blood? It now moves to the far end of the tabernacle, the end called the Holy of Holies. And it is poured over the mercy seat and it speaks on the people's behalf for the sins that they have committed. That's the power of the blood in your life. The power of the blood in your life. And here, I want you to know this. Let's stand together. Right here, where I'm standing right now, 
is an altar of repentance. It's a place where we can come and confess our sins, not to one another. You confess your faults one to another, but you don't confess your sins one to another. And you don't, don't come confessing your sins to me or any other pastor. You confess your sins to God at an altar of repentance. You make a decision that your old lifestyle is gonna die right here and right now. And while you are speaking that, the blood is listening and waiting. You go to this watery grave over here and bury the dead man in the name of Jesus. Completely immerse the person because that's where the blood and the water are mingled together. And the blood now takes up your cause and takes up your case. You lift your hands now as a new person, dead to the old lifestyle, washed of all your sins, and God miraculously fills you just as he promised he would with his spirit. And now his spirit and your spirit are mingled together. And there are gonna be times you're gonna mess up and your spirit is gonna prevail over God's by your choice. But if you confess, if you deny, if you degrade what you have done and admit that you are wrong, you can still find the mercy and the grace of God. And the voice of blood can speak on your behalf. Jesus, I pray today that you would help us to see how important it is to stay under the blood, to stay under the blood. Lord, let your blood speak on our behalf. Help us to overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. I pray today, Lord, for any visitors that are here, that this message would build hope in them, that they would know how much you love them and were willing to die on the cross for their sins. And the plan of Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.